before there was Bo, Brett, or even Barry, there was Pat. Live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios, you're listening to The Pat Richter Show with Jim Rutledge and former Wisconsin Athletic Director Pat Richter. show on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. Jim Rutledge alongside former Wisconsin Athletic Director Pat Richter. We are brought to you in part by Simden Chevy in Mount Horeb. You're only minutes away from a better buying experience at Simden Chevy in Mount Horeb. I've had a better buying experience at Simden Chevy in Mount Horeb, and you can too. I recommend if you're in the market for a new or new to you Chevy Silverado or Colorado, check out Simden Chevy in Mount Horeb. You're only minutes away from a better buying experience. It's definitely truck season now. And, Pat, I want to start with this number that has one of our teammates in the uh, ESPN Madison office just flabbergasted. Indiana has not won in the Kohl Center since 1998. There are players on the team for Indiana <laughs> who have never been alive when the Hoosiers have beaten the Badgers at the Kohl Center. I haven't either. There you go. Oh, man, that's hard to believe. That was uh, with Dick Bennett? Yeah, that would have been Bennett, yep. Man, alive. That's that's hard to believe. And I, and the record for down there on the road was pretty doggone good for a while, too. I don't know, 13 out of 14 or something like that. But uh, that's really uh, – it almost mirrors the what's happened to Michigan you know, over football and how long it took for them to get back because – Indiana just has really had difficult problems getting uh, back on track for a really storied program. And after Bobby Knight left, things just never were the same. Yeah, it's really fallen off since then. It does speak to the transition that a program can go through when a great uh, coach leaves. And, you know, Wisconsin, I would say at the start of the season, I would say a lot of people would have bet on Wisconsin having to make another coaching change uh, in a year or two. But what Guard's been able to do with this team and it seems to me he's changed kind of the way they run their offense a little bit by letting Johnny Davis basically run amok. Because Johnny, he missed one game, and that's the only game the Badgers have lost. So uh, he's undefeated on the year, but it seems like Greg Gard's done a lot to uh, really kind of help uh, allow Johnny to do what he does best, and that's score the basketball. Yeah, I think he did a few different things. I mean, I, what I've noticed about Greg is the, the demeanor a little bit. I mean, he's not... Before he kind of was standing up and drinking a little bit of water and, and pacing around, whatever. Now he's he's gotten to kind of bow's uh, squat in front of the players, and uh, and I think he's he just seems to be more comfortable with the way that they're running things, and uh, and maybe just because they're having a lot of fun out there and they're being successful, and there's a good mix of players, and and he had a pretty deep bench, and he's tightened that up a little bit, but uh, I think his demeanor has been a little bit different as well, and maybe. Uh, Maybe that was, after all, a hullabaloo with respect to the recordings and all that kind of stuff gets behind him and and really see what uh, Davis can do. Uh, I mean, it's just been incredible. So I, I you never you never know. I mean, I, at this game tonight, I would expect it's going to be a real tough game. And uh, Indiana played well in the ACC Challenge, and uh, and so I, I think that you just never know when all of a sudden it's going to flip a switch on a team like that, and they're going to come out and be really tough and. Uh, 
all of a sudden they're back on track. Yeah, and with Badger basketball, it is nice to see the young players step up, whether that is, um, you know, Hepburn's doing a great job defending, and that win over Marquette was a nice extra boost to this program, especially since that was at the Kohl Center. Yeah, it was. It was uh, the thing that I really was impressed with was I think the game before was against, was it Houston, was it? Uh, maybe yep. it was Houston, but the, in the uh, finals of the Maui Classic, yep. when he, oh, uh, he areas, killed, knocked yeah. down those free throws and uh, just a very tough part of the game. But he's just be taken over by kind of a floor general, and I think in that respect, he, you know, he, I don't think anybody can really kind of count on where in the world they're going to go. I mean, they're, they're just uh, kind of freewheeling a little bit, and, you know, you keep, still keep hearing that old noise about, well, there's want to slow the tempo down, slow the tempo down. Well, they shoot, they're, they're putting in eighty some points for Pete's sake. When are you guys going to stop that business? I mean, it's just an old cliche that's gotten a little bit old and, and worn out. And uh, and I think that this group here might uh, might do a lot of things that uh, people haven't seen in a long time. And of course, they haven't since uh, Devin Harris was there. But you know, Chucky, I thought was going to be kind of a wild card there early on, but he seems to settle down, taking a little bit more into his hands. But the nice thing about it is uh, these guys aren't afraid to shoot the ball, and uh, and I think it's kind of spurred on Davidson. <laughs> when he gets the ball, I think sometimes he says, well, I may not get it back. These guys are going to be taking it to the basket. I might as well get my shots in here. When he hits a first shot, you better be ready for five more because he's going to be firing it up there. But he's he's had a good mix of uh, leadership in there, and I think that uh, – the guys are responding, and it's just, it's nice to see. And uh, of course, we can talk a little more about Davis, but uh, he's been just special. And I, I for sport for life, me, I can't believe he's he's that size, six five or six. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought last year he seemed much bigger, and now when you see him in the shake the hands at the end of the game, I go, wow, he's he's not that not that tall, and he's about my size, <laughs> which is not very big nowadays, and so. But his leadership and uh, the way he's taking it to the basket and uh, he's kind of putting it on his shoulders and both offensively and defensively uh, is just really good, nice to, nice to see happen. And it seems like he's having really a lot of fun. I mean, I don't recall him smiling and happy an awful lot. Maybe it was just because he was so serious about his business on the floor. But this year he just seems to be having a little bit of fun, having a little bit of a couple of smiles. And maybe he's even smiling at some of the things he's doing because he maybe surprised himself. Yeah, uh, he's definitely pleasantly surprising a, a lot of Badger fans out there. And his time uh, in like the Junior Olympic Games seemed to be over the week or over the summer seemed to lift his confidence level to uh, a, a, you know stratosphere we hadn't normally seen, and it made me think that uh, that obviously was a big part of maybe giving him the confidence to know that he can go out and make big plays. Yeah, I think no question about it. I think that uh, the success they had, and I think the fact that uh, playing with that with a little bit more composure at that size and and what he could do, I think he got a lot of confidence in that regard, and figure he could play, you know play just like anybody else in in that uh, realm of uh, expertise of basketball. And I think that he's he's showed that, and he's uh, but he, he's also willing to do so many things. I mean, you can't really say, well, he's going to be a three-point shooter, he's going to be a step-back jumper, he's going to drive the lane and pop it up. But the fact that he takes some of those big uh, Euro steps in the, in the, in the paint and uh, for the layups and things like this, and then occasionally give us a little bit of uh, 
Dominique Wilkins with the dunks and everything else. And I think that all those things get us going excited. Now, I, sometimes it, you get it too soon, too fast and uh, this year, but I think that uh, the, the mix and the enthusiasm they've got, I think they, they've done just an outstanding job thus far. Hopefully, uh, I think Ben Carlson will kind of come around. I think that's that's the piece that they need to kind of fill in the, in the blanks, so to speak. I think he, after the back surgery and things like this last year, it really just hasn't been himself quite the same. And he, this, he had some ga- good games last year, and then after he's been hurt, he just hasn't been able to crack that lineup as much. And uh, if he can do that and, and get back to where he was, I think we'll have a really nice ball club. This is the Pat Richter Show, 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin on demand. Jim Rutledge with former Wisconsin Athletic Director Pat Richter. And uh, Lauren Bowman is another guy who stepped up, but also, uh, you know, obviously Brad being here probably helps this team win some of those road games with his kind of uh, experience. No question about it. I think it, I've heard a number of people comment to me saying, look, like he's auditioning for being a coach. And so uh, that's that's the way he is. But, I mean, just see that when he went in the crowd and knocked that beer in the lap of that guy and, and the lady over in the, in the stands and uh, <laughs> kind of just went over and gave him a hug and uh, smiled. And, you know, how many guys would do that? It's just uh, everybody's got their game face on. But not him. He's got, he's got the right attitude. And I think this year he's... I think early on in a couple of those games, he was unfairly uh, uh, not getting the calls that he deserved. I mean, just because of past reputation and Borowski, the referee, and a couple of those other guys just refused to you know, give him his credit. And he's he moves and he gets in gets in place and he takes the hit, and they don't see that very often. And that's why they think it's probably got to be somebody's somebody's out of place and he's in, in, inside the circle as a foul, but. He's done a great job in the leadership category, and I think in that regard, it was good. If there was one guy that you want to maybe have come back, it was him. And I think in that respect, he fits into the team really, really well this year. This is the Pat Richter Show, and uh, yeah, now now things will start kicking up. They like we touched on, they have the Hoosiers. Now we get into Big Ten play, and the Big Ten's loaded, Pat, with Michigan State and obviously Purdue number one, and Iowa's a good team, and Ohio Illinois, State, Michigan State, State. Yeah, it's it's loaded. Yeah, there's going to be a tough road to hold here pretty soon. I mean, they're going to Ohio State on the weekend. It's not going to be easy. And uh, in, that, in that respect, it should make this team even better than that. And I think it, in that respect, if they can just make sure they win the home games and pick up a couple on the road, then uh, they get into the tournament time, then they'll be tougher than the Dickens. And so uh, there's bound to see a lot of growth here, and hopefully there's not – too much dejection because there's going to be some tough games down the road. But you mentioned Bowman and Bowman and Neat. These guys aren't afraid to shoot the ball up either. I mean, I sometimes you got to make sure that you're you're on that night, not just throwing it up for the heck sake of a shot. But but I think to see that kind of confidence at that young age is really rewarding. Uh, it definitely is. And speaking of the young age for uh, the Badger basketball team, the one thing that is interesting to me. I'm not sure. I don't want to say concerning because I just don't know how to play out. And you mentioned Ben Carlson, uh, and he's not necessarily a big, but you know whether it's Stephen Crawl or Voigt, uh, there's some other guys on this team that don't have a ton of experience, and they they don't necessarily seem like they have the normal Badger big man big bodies for the Big Ten. And I'm curious how they'll be able to hold up for the whole year, and, and there might be a different kind of way that the team scores. Yeah, but I think Voigt is. is Filling in a pretty good uh, 
uh, place of uh, the big guys. He's got a little bit of beef on him, and he he's not as skilled as some of the other guys are. But he's uh, when you need somebody in there to take up some space and uh, move some people around, he's the guy. Crawl, I thought the last game against Marquette that he uh, showed a little bit more uh, aggressiveness towards the, the bucket and a good shot. And I think that's the thing that they've got to improve upon is the fact that once he gets the ball on this down below. You can't be afraid to go up there and try to muscle your way up there rather than just take a shot and get it slapped back in your face, and that was what was happening early on. And I think that he's improved a little bit, and he looks like he's got the capability of putting on some good uh, meat in there as well. And if he can do that, maybe we've got another Kaminsky in our hands. He can sit, hit the shot from the outside and now just work on that little jump hook. Uh, he could be very, very effective in that rate. Well, that would be something very exciting for Badger fans, especially when you got a guy like Johnny Davis around as well. This is the Pat Richter Show, live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios, 100.5 ESPN, ESPN Up, and Wisconsin Demand. We're on the Packers. Executive of the year, Goody should for surely be at the top of the list. Because we're on Wisconsin sports. I would love if Goody decided to say, I'm going to share this with Aaron Rodgers because he has helped. Nobody covers the green and gold like 100.5 ESPN. Jeff and Kim at JK Security Solutions are fantastic people, and you should reach out to them if you need to protect your home or business. There's only one call to make. That's JK Security Solutions. At JK, they work hard to protect the things that matter most in your life. For more information, call 255-5799 or visit jksecurity.com. This is the Pat Richter Show. I'm Jim Rutledge with Pat Richter, live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios. And Pat... Uh, we obviously talked about Badger basketball last segment to get things started because they face Indiana tonight at the Kohl Center. Uh, moving to the uh, Packers, they have the, the Bears coming up here, but I think more importantly for the Packers, it was a, a bye week, so Aaron Rodgers, Pinky Toe, got rest. Now, he didn't practice, and he's not practicing now, so that could end up taking some sort of toll uh, throughout the year as far as him you know, being sharp to start a game. I don't think it's going to matter much against Chicago, but I don't know if this toe injury is going away anytime soon. But on the good news front, Jair Alexander is back at practice, and Zadarius and David Bakhtiari are still not practicing, but Jair getting back is a good step. It really is. I mean, we're, of course, uh, so far, it seems like we've been blessed to have an overabundance of defensive backs who played pretty well, and... Uh, and so I think he's probably pretty anxious to get in there because he sees these other guys playing pretty well, and you never know. I mean, that's uh, more 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 guys than just one have just uh, lost a spot because of uh, somebody taking over for an injury, and and you're not guaranteed a spot when you come back. You have to kind of play your way back. And but uh, it's good to see that kind of depth that we've had. And uh, but uh, you know, it's going to take a while. And I and I. I had broken the collarbones, but I never really had a, a shoulder injury as such with maybe muscles and things like this. And, and being a defensive back, you know, that's going to be, it can take a while to kind of get uh, accustomed to hitting somebody. When you have taken the time off and to get it healthy and everything's healing and just not having any pressure, I'm sure there's probably some drills that they have and trainers where they're kind of 
banging on his shoulder and things with the pads on and things like that to try to get accustomed to hitting somebody. But that's going to take a little while, and uh, and you get over it. And so it, I think they'll probably ease him into the whole situation, maybe a few plays here and there, maybe not much playing time against the, the, the Bears other than just going through pregame and getting some uh, – some small contact if it's possible, but uh, it's going to take a little while. It's been a long time, and I, you know, it's funny because you really hear all the different things about what's happened, broken this, broken that, and whatever. But other than there's been an awful lot of information regarding that shoulder and what really happened, and uh, and so it's, but it's it's going to take some time. But I think that we're with the bye week as in terms of getting some chance to rest, and then. With the Bears, hopefully we can uh, play uh, to up our capabilities and not, uh, you know, be forced to play some difficult def- defense. And uh, you know, I guess Fields is Justin is it's going to be uh, coming back, and so it's going to be it'll be a little bit of a, a excitement for them as well. And uh, but it's I think they're going to be hopping to get ready back on the path because they just had a pretty good run before the time off, and that's always. Uh, you always want to keep going if that's possible, but in this case, I think they probably needed it for just to get some guys back on the shelf and uh, get some injuries taken care of and good time to rest and for the big stretch run. No doubt about it, Pat. And this is something we talked about earlier in the week, Jim and I. You know, we we saw Detroit get their first win of the year. Uh, kind of dominated that game against Minnesota. Chicago has been roller coastery, but really on the bad side this year. The NFC North outside of Green Bay has been pretty bad. Is that a good thing or a bad thing for Green Bay, or do you look at it as something kind of in the middle? Well, I don't know that it's a bad thing because you're still going to play outside of your. Your your division and the NFL in terms of other you know the Kansas City Chiefs and the Cardinals and people yeah. like that and so it's a tough schedule and I think that you uh, you're right I mean I I was kind of shocked when the Vikings got beat by the Lions but uh, they were cranked up ready to go and the Vikings have just kind of I don't you can't figure them out I mean it's not it's not Cousins as much but they still have some of some of the same players of Oh, it's given us fits, and uh, I still think that they, when t- crunch time comes, they're probably going to be there, and they're always put a thorn in our side, and that's the thing we've got to be worried about. And so, I think that they talk about the same thing in the NFC East, and and what, what the Cowboys are going to do, and and uh, so I, I think that you take it for what it is, and just keep as, winning as many as you can. Hopefully, kind of slip into that uh, category where. You'll get home field advantage all the way through because uh, everybody loves to come to Green Bay because uh, they know it's, it's a special place. But unfortunately, sometimes in the cold weather, you expect to come in uh, roaring into the stadium. They've had some decent weather, and, and that's we don't want that. So you want to win as many as you can just to get as home field advantage as much as possible. And, uh, you know, with Aaron's toe, that can't be – pleasant with a real cold hard turf and uh and it's going to be a going to be a challenge to see what he does with that because you know it takes about oh four weeks or so before the uh when a broken bone starts to get sticky and gum up and uh and start to heal and so he's not going to have that kind of luxury of time to get that thing taken care of 
but how I, I kind of look at your feet. Can you can you immobilize your little toe as much? But how much damage can be done if you uh, re-injure it? That's the thing that's going to be really kind of on his mind. I think he's made a comment this week a little bit about that. So it's certainly something he thinks about, and uh, hopefully he can sneak by another week with uh, not getting it bumped up and uh, keep it keep it wrapped and uh, do as much as he can without uh, hurting it again. And one thing that adds a layer of intrigue into this is that last time these two teams played, Aaron Rodgers yelled out, uh, I own you, I've always owned you. Now, Jimmy Graham from the Bears mentioned that that kind of stuff is said all the time to fans, and it's not that unique, and Aaron Rodgers has said it before, but there happened to be a boom mic there that actually picked up on it. But the Bears were asked about it, and they said, we're, we're very aware of what he said, and Aaron Rodgers kind of doubled down on it today. So there's going to be some – there's nothing to be – I don't think anyone's going to do anything cheap, but and I don't think that's going to raise the Bears' level to victory here. But I would imagine there's going to be if there's an opportunity to take a hard, clean hit at Aaron Rodgers, they're gonna they're gonna take that hit with gusto. No question about it, and they're gonna be starting to uh, they'll be they'll be diving at his ankles and the things like this. And that's certainly one thing that probably uh, Lafleur is gonna make the officials very much aware of it that that they're not you know trying to take shots at uh, the lower extremities and uh, protect them a little bit. And uh, you know it's it's you, you got the locker room. Uh, uh, business, you know, a billboard material, so to speak, and uh, and so it, it's you kind of move a little bit above the the college ranks in that sense because it, it's something that everybody that scores a touchdown goes through the antics in terms of rubbing it in your face and everything. even the Lambo leap, you could say there's come some some guys ticked off about that, but uh, I think that the, if you have the team, and of course it'll be without Mac. Uh, it's going to be, uh, you know, it's something you'd like to be able to pull it off, and maybe they don't have the capabilities and the ability to do it with the guys they've got. Yeah, and I think that's kind of where it's going to come out to. Which I would, I'm going to assume people do not uh, will not take you know pot shots and, and be cheap. But that's where I think the concern can come in is that there's not really a scenario outside of Green Bay just coming off flat and laying an egg, which has happened a few times that Chicago really can be in this game. And so then frustration could kind of rear its ugly head. But this game could go the complete other way that this is a lame duck coach and the the Bears could just lay down. Nobody's going to not show up and try to win, but there's just a different probably intensity you bring when your season's done and your coach is done. Yeah, and you've got to have you know a lot of guys and talents that are playing for contracts and uh, things like that. And, and so they, they don't have an awful lot of guys in that category. They're saying, geez, you hate to lose so-and-so, but but they've got a lot of pride, and certainly you guys are going to want to, you know, catch on somewhere else and and uh, show that even though things are adversities kind of struck them, and uh, and the coaching staff and everybody else is going to get beat up and whatever, that they're still you know viable as a player and a professional, and and they go out and do the best job that they can because they, you know, they may be in a contract year or whatever. So it's it's always Chicago's always got a lot of pride. And certainly the fans try to remind everybody of that. And I don't know that there's any game that's more uh, electric than a, a night game in Green Bay against the Bears. This is the Pat Richter Show, 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin Demand. Pack Attack. All Packers, all the time. The number one player in that Packer game last night, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers. ESPN Aaron Rodgers, Wisconsin's Aaron Rodgers. best Packers talk every day. Aaron Rodgers. Subscribe to the Pack Attack podcast on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts.
Music means it's time for Sounds of the Week with Pat Richter. <laughs> These are the Sounds of the Week on the Pat Richter Show. Brought to you by Simden Chevrolet and Mount Horeb. You're only minutes away from a better buying experience. Yeah, that's exactly what that song means, Jim. I'm glad you figured that one out. Well, Pat, I'm not going to start with an actual audio clip this week because I cannot find the audio on it. But this quote from NCAA President Mark Emmert has the internet up in arms. Emmert said earlier today, as reported by Brett McMurphy of the Action Network, quote, being a university president is the hardest job in America. (laughs) Um, Pat, your response is... Silence is probably the best thing for that right there. But that just shows a little bit about uh, what he's all about. And uh, I, I, if that's the most difficult thing, then probably he's being overpaid because he's not <laughs> a president anymore. He's ahead of the NCAA. But uh, being a college president is not easy, no question about it. But I think that what's, some of this is transferred with all the things that are going on. You know, the nil and, and the, the uh, transfer portal and all those things that they have to deal with. And, I, you know, it's, and that's an argument that's been made so long in terms of, you know, the fact that uh, football coaches, ADs, are making more than college presidents are and things like this. But, you know, it, it's rare. How many times do you see something in the paper about a college president or chancellor or whatever versus a college coach? It's in business, and it's that old adage, that old joke that, uh, you know, they talk about the doctors about to bury their mistakes, you know, and things like this. But that's, uh, that's, that's I think that uh, he's best to just kind of keep quiet. I mean, I, I saw something earlier in the week when he was talking about the fact that, uh, you know, that there's really, they're coming out with the Constitution and things like that. And I think that he sees the trying to have the ability and the need to make his job a little bit more relevant. And I think that uh, sometimes it's difficult. But he he was at LSU, he was at Washington as a college president, and now the NCAA president. And I think there's been uh, nobody in my recent memory that's had been more controversial and getting ripped by the public in terms of uh, not being you know, what they were hoping that they would be in terms of leadership and things like that. Yeah, that's a great point. Tone deaf is what yeah. really just comes to mind. I, I mean, there's hundreds of, you know, higher-end positions you probably could list that are more important uh, and more difficult than that job. Not that it's not a different difficult job, right. but, I mean, President of the United States, uh, military generals uh, of all different levels. I mean, there's some, there's some pretty... Uh, extraneous things going on in the world out there that it just seemed really tone deaf. You think being a college president is harder than being a brain surgeon? Because right. I would probably say brain surgeon. Orthopedic surgeon could be brain <laughs> right, right. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Exactly. We've all had big uh, times with orthopedics, but that's and nowadays, especially with the pandemic and everything else, I think it's probably even a little bit more tone deaf. I, I tend to agree entirely with you, Pat. I just uh, I just got a kick out of that earlier, so would love to hear your thoughts. Appreciate that. Let's move to real audio now. Uh, former Bears linebacker and Pro Football Hall of Famer Brian Urlacher joined Wilde and Tausch yesterday and said, 
he had this about quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Like I said, as a fan now, even watching y'all play, I never feel like you're going to lose a game. <laughs> as long as number 12 is back there, it's going to be close to the If you're getting beat or whatever, if you're underdogs or whatever, it's never going to be over until that clock says zero. You know, I just I always feel like you'll have a chance to win. And you can't say that about a bunch of teams in the NFL just based on their quarterback. That last part right there is really what stuck out to me, Pat. Brian Urlacher, a guy that has so many hard battles or had so many hard battles, rather, against a, a guy like Aaron Rodgers, Comes out and says, yeah, I just feel even now, you know, I, I, I never feel like you're going to lose a game. I mean, that just shows, as controversial as he's been this year, how great Aaron Rodgers is. Really, that's true. And I, I can just remember the picture of him on the sidelines in the, uh, the Vikings game, just watching them come down and field and moving down and getting into field goal position, just itching to get out there, knowing that if he gives even a minute or 35 seconds or 40 seconds or whatever it might be, he'd have a chance to pull it out. And uh, that's, uh, that's his nature, and that's, uh, that's great uh, factors to have on your side when you've got the quarterback like that and have people like Brian Erlacher even though he's not even playing now, thinks of that just when he watches him and uh, on television and knowing, and that's that's what the the value is. There's entertainment value. There's all the excitement and enthusiasm. I don't think anybody would want to be entertained any more than having a last minute drive to come down and pull it out in the last second. And uh, and that's what he's the best at. And the whole interview available. Wisconsin on the man, iTunes, Spotify. It was really interesting. Tosher, it wasn't part of the interview, but Tosher followed up that Erlacher made a comment about how Rodgers talked trash, but it wasn't necessarily really negative trash. It was more just kind of talking back and forth about maybe a play that happened or you got me there, I got you there. And Tosher pointed out that it's really, unless you antagonize Rodgers with like the belt or things like that, he's usually pretty respectful of tough matchups. And I remember those games the Bears versus the Packers, and there were times where those two guys were calling out audibles back and forth, Erlacher and Rodgers, up until the, the snap count, because uh, the Bears had a lot of diff- they studied that team, and Lance Briggs and Erlacher and Tillman, and a lot of those players are so smart and knew that Packers offense so well right. that they were they could they knew what was coming. Yeah, that's a big chess game. That's why you reverse engineer everything you do. I mean, you've got tendencies. You know what they're doing on third down, this and that, whatever, and and they know that you know. And so you got to figure that's okay. If now, if I was on the other side, and it was third down, and I had this tendency to do that, what would they do to stop that? And okay, that's that's what they're going to do. Then I've got to get this play in the into the sequence of things to counteract that. And so it's it's constantly challenging yourself to to come up with something that's going to be a stopper, so to speak. And it, and that's why they've got this huge, big, massive sheet to look with colors, yellow, red, blue, green, everything else, to use certain things at certain places. And that's why everybody kind of says, well, we'll script the first ten plays. If you do that, they get a chance to see things. But it, that's happened forever. I mean, I remember when Jurgensen and uh, Myron Patio was he was a middle linebacker, and they'd be talking about Butkus or somebody like that. And it just—it's just kind of catamounts. There's, there's deep respect with respect to those players, like a Jurgensen or Erlocker or Butkus or someone like Rogers for sure. That uh, I'm going to try to sneak one through on you, and you know, you're going to try to counteract this and that. Not dirty, nothing like that, but just good, hard fun. 
No doubt about it. The football mind of Pat Richter. I love diving into it, so let's do a little bit more of that. Uh, Matt LaFleur met with the media earlier today, of course, the head coach of the Packers. And uh, with the past bye week and Aaron Rodgers not practicing for several weeks now, he was asked uh, about the rust on the reigning MVP. I think he's, he's uh, if for him, picking up a football and, and throwing it, and you can see it right away when, when we go out there in uh, pregame warm-ups, just it's like riding a bike and he he's able to do that and do it at a really high level obviously and he went on to later say obviously practice is good for chemistry and all the other things that come with that but uh, for a guy like Aaron Rodgers how how important is practice Pat a guy that 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 plays at such a high level consistently well apparently with him it's not too difficult at all but uh <laughs> I think that's part of the, you know, in some respects you think, okay, here's a guy at 37 or whatever he is, and uh, you say, okay, that uh, he doesn't have to go through all the drills and practice and everything else. And after 16, 17 years of uh, playing ball and now even an extended season and things like that, he's probably more valuable by taking the time off and he's much more adept to uh, perform than to keep doing the same things over and over and maybe that body's starting to wear down a little bit, but this is probably the best thing for him. And uh, and he's got the ability to uh, to be just as sharp. And uh, there are other things you can do. Maybe when he's not on the field and doing the play work and things like this, that maybe when the sessions are over, he's in the weight room, he's doing things. He may be in the pool doing resistance training and things like this. Different things to do this sort of thing, but... Uh, you know, you, you you miss a little bit with respect to the timing of the, the receivers, but uh, he's just got a, a crazy knack to do it, and he can throw it out there and put it where they can catch it and uh, make it difficult. There's a couple times when he's had a slippage and things like this, but overall, I think he's benefited more for probably the time off than the practice time. Yeah, I don't think this is necessarily going to hurt him. Maybe at some point, if it's Overall conditioning, it's. And I know his quarterback is in good shape, but I think it'd be more of if this has to go the rest of the year. Could it be at some point sure. that conditioning, that sharpness wears down, just because you are still used to doing this all the time? Right. And at some point, there's, there's got to be a point of why do we practice ever, even if you're Aaron Rodgers, that if it's six, seven weeks from now, and this is still one of those things where he's not practicing. Uh, into the playoffs, it, it could be a little bit more of a story or a concern. Yeah, I think that's a very fair point. Uh, and when it comes to a guy like Rodgers, who's played football now consistently for 20-plus years, I mean, obviously he is in, in good good enough shape where maybe it doesn't affect him like it would a younger player. But uh, nonetheless, let's move on to one final clip. Also, I wanted to throw out an interesting stat. Matt LaFleur, Aaron Rodgers together, 0-2 after bye weeks. Both of those losses coming to the same teams they would end up losing in the NFC Championship game, too. So uh, if the Bears win this week, Jim, you might be in pretty good shape to beat the Packers in the NFC Championship game. I'm just saying. Oh, great. History Wonderful. history <laughs> trends that direction. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, Dan Graziano on This Just In on ESPN said the Packers might not be the best team in the NFL, but they are in the best position. Here he is. So here's like the list we did earlier. I, I think right now Arizona's better. I think right now Tampa Bay's better. But that doesn't mean I think 
either one of them will win the NFC because I think when you look at the Packers, you factor in motivation. You factor in the experience of the last two years. You yeah. factor in Aaron Rodgers' status and, and likely playing his final games with the Packers and how that adds to that motivation. So I, I, I see them putting themselves in position to get to that NFC Championship game and win it, even if right now you stack up the rosters, you like Tampa Bay's better, you like Arizona's better, and maybe they've played a little better to this point. So, Pat, he says they might not be the best team, but they are in the best position. Do you buy that? Uh, I think that's something you could say. You probably could say it's just about about any team in the, in the NFL. And uh, I think he still had to get a little shot in there about likely being the last game right. to play there. I mean, they, you can't say say much about the comments, but then he's thinking that way. Uh, you know, you just never know because I, I think that the uh, you could say that about Tampa Bay. You could say that about uh, the Cardinals, Kansas City, and things like this, and then now certainly in New England. And I think that the question of, you know, all of a sudden the Packers became the darling of the media there for a while and seeing the best team in football and whatever and. And we all been talking about this year and saying, geez, we're missing the center, we're missing the left tackle, we miss our running back for a period of time, we're missing our two corners and all that sort of thing. And we're complaining about it, and they're saying they're one of the best teams around. I think that uh, there's a lot to say for Gutekunst, and but I do think that there's an awful lot that can be said for the uh, the way the team has handled the the difficult uh, off season and things like this, which I think Lafleur takes credit for that. And uh, in that respect, and so it, it's it's very complicated. But I think you could say that just about any game, saying, "Well, they don't have the talent, whatever, but they're in the best position." I thought he was going to say they're in the best position because they got to play. Maybe everything's got to go through Green Bay, hopefully, and the things like that. But that, and that's uh, time will tell. But that's what will come out when they, if in fact they have that ability, and they'll say it's an advantage, not necessarily because they're the best team. It's always hard and. You know, you got to take everything that's said nationally with a grain of salt because, you know, there could be biases, but there's also local biases. We know the Packers roster. We sure. know it's really good. And we know, and that's why I always say they should be in the conversation because I don't know Arizona's rostered backwards and forward. I don't know, Tam- I haven't seen them play all these games. I don't sure. know every little player. And clearly, if these teams are winning all these games, they're really good rosters. And they're probably right there equal. And their quarterbacks are similar. Maybe they're not equal. Kyler Murray, though, is pretty dynamic and, and can do some things that Rodgers can't, but Rodgers obviously a ton of experience. And Tom Brady seems to have Super Bowl magic. So I get what he's saying. I think whoever gets home field will have that leg up. It's not a guarantee, but that's who I would pick. Whoever hands home field throughout, uh, that's who I would pick, especially this year in the playoffs. Bold bold selection, Jim. Take right. whoever's number one. I, I respect that. Hey, the Packers haven't been able to do it the last few times, but number one. <laughs> this is the Pat Richter Show, 100.5 ESPN, ESPN App, and Wisconsin. The man. You're listening to Madison's home for Milwaukee Bucks basketball. Here's Middleton. Transition three as he banks it home from the left side. 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. Oak Park Place offers seniors and their loved ones peace of mind. Find the right balance of care that you need centered around your lifestyle. Move to a community with neighbors that become like family. Enjoy the comforts of your apartment with an abundance of events just outside your door. 
Choose the fit that is right for you from independent living to assisted living, memory care, and short-term rehabilitation. Oak Park Place with locations on Madison's east side in the Nakoma neighborhood and in Janesville, Baraboo. And you can also learn more at oakparkplace.com. This is the Pat Richter Show, 100.5 ESPN, ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. Jim Rutledge with you live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios with uh, former Wisconsin Athletic Director Pat Richter. Vegas, Pat. Uh, the Badgers are going to Vegas for the Vegas Bowl. And look, it's a different, uh, what's the word here? It's a different venue. And the Duke Mayo Bowl seemed to be pushing hard for the Badgers. But I think it's good that they got to go to a different bowl game. No question about it. And so just before we get into that, I want to make make a comment. You know, with the Park Oak Park Place uh, pick the line that you had right there, yeah. Ron Dane and I have been doing some appearances out there, like tailgate parties for people like that, looking for that kind of facility. And he brought up an interesting point, that uh, a couple things that happened in the, the Minnesota game with respect to Braylon uh, Allen and the fact that he said that team – Really went after him. This is where he's been very effective, is up standing up and shedding blockers and things like this and tacklers. And he said they went right for the ankles, and uh, that was a good, good read on that because they certainly shut him down. And he also mentioned about Jonathan Taylor, who was having a great year, and he said he taught him when he was having fumbling troubles early in his career. He he ran and Ron said what really came to mind was the fact that he'd always been a sprinter in 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 uh, track, and when you're running like a sprinter, your arms are going kind of straight up. He says, whereas a football running back, you've got to guard that ball and kind of run it across your chest. And I thought a couple of really insights that I'd never thought about, but really made sense. So we'll have a chance to kind of keep an eye on how. Uh, they handle Braylon Allen with respect to uh, his running attack and uh, trying to go to his ankles, but that's what Minnesota did and was very effective. So, well, Vegas, we've had a lot of history out there, of course, and everybody seems to mind come to mind the, the lights are going out in the Vegas out there, and uh, <laughs> it was always we went out there for many years after that with respect to our golf outing and. And you say, gee, if you find out what happened to those lights, well, you don't want to know. So one of those kinds of things. <laughs> you should just leave it alone and everything's fine. But I know we were upstairs and looking into the stadium was all dark. And then every every place outside the stadium had lights on. So I think it's it's a, it's a good destination. Uh, obviously, uh, it's something that everybody's familiar with. And I think that they, they had probably a little bit of... Uh, a lot of people wanting them to come out there because they've always had a good success with Wisconsin and Las Vegas. And now, of course, the situation is, is much different versus playing a game there. Even now, having being sanctioned to have a bowl game there. And, uh, and Arizona State uh, should be a worthy opponent. We've always uh, you know, played well against the, the uh, Pac-12. And uh, in this case, hard to say. You know, nowadays you have a different situations that happen with these teams. That some of their better players are going to the draft and don't want to take a chance on injury, which is disappointing. But uh, you know, it's it's their decision, obviously. And probably before the game is being played, we'll probably have a couple other dropouts that are going to happen. And uh, I don't know if there's anything like that in Wisconsin, but certainly uh, it's affected Arizona State uh, team. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. And you talked about Braylon Allen, and that's where these bowl games get important. One, it's good for recruiting. Two, a lot of young guys get an opportunity to to get practice time and get an opportunity to, you know, 
get the, those few extra weeks, but also Braylon Allen for this actual game, getting him in the bowl game I think is important. Paul's been able to win a lot of these, and for as great as Brett was, bowl games were not quite uh, the, the consistent win that they were under Barry Alvarez, under Brett Bielema, uh, but Paul seems to have brought that back. This team, These teams dial in for the bowl games, and a healthy Braylon Allen, you know, a couple weeks to heal those ankles could be, go a long way. Yeah, exactly. And you can see what Ron was saying because, uh, you know, when things go on the pile and you see a couple times when guys get in there and they keep rolling and uh, twisting the ankles and things like this. And uh, and, he, and what he has to learn, as Ron said, is he's got to turn to get a little bit lower to the ground and uh, kind of wrap himself up. Because early on it just seemed like he – He'd hit these guys, and he just but they just bounce off him, and then all of a sudden Minnesota comes in and they're diving to the ankles and things like this, and and it's just tiring. He said it's just it makes you physically tired, and so this time off is going to certainly uh, be uh, a welcome uh, relief for for Braylon, and that should be great to see him healthy. I mean, in terms of. Uh, Real rest, and because you know, 17 years old, these these long seasons are not something you're used to in the practice times and whatever. But he's a special kid and athlete, and he's. Ron was describing he's he's got muscles all over the place. He's I got muscles under the arms and all over the places. So he's he's going to be somebody that's going to be really watched well, and and uh, hopefully we'll get back to the. Uh, running attack we've had a little bit uh, during the middle of the season and uh, get a little back, back successful again. Well, Pat, as always, we appreciate the time. Thanks, Jim. Talk to you next week. See you next week. This has been the Pat Richter Show. Alex, what stood out to you from uh, what Pat had to say today? Right at the end there, Jim, the Ron Dane stories, analyzing Braille and Allen, obviously. I don't know if you saw our buddy Monte Ball tweeted out a really great graphic about the Heisman finalist running backs. Uh, and not often is the award won. So to hear a guy, the only guy to ever win the Heisman Trophy uh, for Wisconsin, and of course at the running back position, break down the brand new stud in Braille and Allen. Really fascinating stuff. I've always uh, said to Monte, we should get you and Braille and Allen and Ron Dane in the same room, do some film breakdown. It'd be a, it'd be a football nerd's paradise. <laughs> Yeah, sounds awesome. Uh, this has been the- <laughs> Well, that sounded like sarcasm, Jim. You don't think that's a great idea? Uh, yeah. Are you just, calling me a nerd, Jim? You are a nerd. That's uh, not just a football nerd, just a all-around nerd with your hoodie on and your Beats It's cold headphones. outside, Jim. Why wouldn't I wear a hoodie? Because you're inside. This has been the Pat Richter <laughs> Show on 100.5 ESPN, ESPN app, and Wisconsin. Amanda.